Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and today I'm talking with Steve Fretz. And Steve, thanks for joining me, squeezing me into your schedule, man. Yeah, thank you. I had just finished teaching a class, and I was ex- like super excited to get uh, on the show with you. Good. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great uh, conversation. Steve's a uh, he's a four time author, so he he resonates with me there already. He's also the host of his own podcast called Be That Lawyer, which is really a cool name and podcast. He's a he's a business development coach and a trainer for ambitious attorneys. But if you're not an attorney, don't tune out because what Steve shares is is practical. It's helpful to everybody listening, and we're going to dive in deep to some uh, some struggles that you're probably having, and and how Steve helps attorneys, and how he can help you today to uh, maybe um, get off the crazy cycle and get some traction. So, uh, Steve, let's dive into it. Let's talk first of all about you, and I mean, who are you? How did you get to do what you're doing today? So, I am a salesman through and through from the time I was 16 years old selling shoes at Kinney's, the great American shoe store. Remember Kinney's? Kinney's, I do. Yeah, I worked at Kinney's. I made 1% commission on shoes. So, if I sold it, you guys can do the math on that $35 pair of shoes. Uh, and I got like a you know minimum wage plus. But the point is, is like I started to get the salesman bug, I started to get um, a commission. And I started getting competitive with other uh, part-time salesmen, teenagers at other stores. Okay. And that was kind of like my, my first real flavor of it. And I, I got out of college just so that I could get back into sales and start selling bigger stuff. And I worked my way kind of through the food chain of sales jobs. I ended up in franchising, selling businesses and helping existing franchisees grow their, uh, their small businesses. And uh, that led me to meeting a coach never knew about coaching, certainly never knew there was something called sales coaching. And so I started working with the sales coach and I just, I had always done well. I'd always made money. I'd always been a top guy at whatever company I was with, but really what he showed me was all of the gaps that I had that I just didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. And most of them revolved around my sales process was outdated. Meaning I was the guy who would show up and make the pitch. I would be the guy who was relentless never taking no for an answer, just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And it worked for a while. But what he explained to me was not only that, um, that's not how buyers want to be dealt with, but more importantly is how much time I was wasting by chasing after people who really weren't a good fit. So it was more about understanding the buyer's mentality and how that had changed over my career versus, and and then adapting a new system for how I'm going to deal with buyers then just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. So it was really um, led me to start my own coaching business, um, learning from him and learning from others in 2004. By the way, never thinking in a million years I'd work with lawyers, Michael. I mean, that was not on my radar at all. Yeah. Uh, my father's a retired attorney. He never had to, to go after business. So I just didn't realize it was a thing. Right. And in 2008, after working in about 50 different industries and having a very successful time building my own sales consultancy and coaching business, I started working with attorneys. 2008 led to the recession. Attorneys, you know, hours had been cut back. They'd lost jobs. So I started to get into that world and realized 
They don't know anything about business development. They don't know anything about growing a law practice. They don't learn it in law school. They don't learn it at the law firm level. And here I have all these methodologies, principles, and, and ways of helping them grow business that they could say, hey, step one, do this, say this. Step two, do this, say that. And they love the idea that they didn't have to wing it, but wow. rather follow a proven methodology. And that's sort of how I got into working in legal. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very. It that was cool. all so one breath. I did that all yeah. in one breath, Mike. I, I noticed that kind of like one of those Pauline <laughs> sentences in the Bible, right? Which is it's really interesting though because you're not an attorney, but you I'm not work an attorney. with attorneys, which is really interesting because a lot of times there are industries that if you're not one of us, you you don't get. But you were able to bring something from the outside to help them, and a lot of times, what I mean, you're right. Law school doesn't teach you how to do marketing, right? Business owners, whether you're a financial advisor or a car repair shopper, it doesn't matter. You're not taught marketing, and that's or business growth. So many times you're, you're you're focused on that next shiny object. I've got to do LinkedIn, or I've got to do TikTok, or I've got to do, but you don't understand the strategy behind it or the processes and things. And so, let's talk, Steve, about what when when people come to you, and let's just focus on attorneys because it's applicable to anybody. Yeah. What What are some of the struggles? What are they feeling? What What What's happening in their world that they're like, oh, I need help. I would say the and I work with solo practitioners. I work with big firm lawyers. I don't work with law firms anymore. I gave up on that because they were giving me their problem children and people that didn't care about <laughs> learning, didn't care about coaching. They were just, yeah, yeah, yeah. their fees were being paid and they were being get, sent to me. And I said, this is not, not a good use of my time. And so I work with individual attorneys in every practice area at every different level. Occasionally I'll bring in, like right now I'm working with one of the top commercial real estate agents in Chicago who's known me for 10 years and eventually was like, you know what? I think it's time. He said, would you take me on? I said, sure. Yeah. You know, he works with a lot of law lawyers and law firms. So, but I work with individuals and the challenges that they face are, they don't really have, um, again, a plan, a process of how they're going to approach business development and marketing branding that makes it predictable, that makes it beneficial. That isn't just, just wasting their time or spinning their wheels. They've got someone in their corner that knows how to grow a law practice, and we can work together and individualize a structure of how they're going to spend their time and spend their money and, and energy to get where they want to go. Um, what I would say the biggest challenge is they don't have control over their career. They're being fed work by other lawyers at their firm. Mm -hmm. uh, and what lawyers don't realize, especially the younger ones, is when you don't have your own clients, you don't have your own control. Like when I was in sales, I didn't really, I, I had non-compete. So I couldn't like take my book of business, my clients and go to a competitor. Right. Lawyers don't have that. So they can, they can, if they get a million dollars in business every year and they've got you know 20 of their own clients, if that firm gets bought, if that firm isn't, um, the culture isn't right, they're not treating them well, they can take their, their you know, book and go to another firm. They can go out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I give lawyers that independence, that control, that freedom to do whatever they want, because as long as they have a sustainable way of growing business, they don't ever have to really worry about what's going to happen in the future. They are, they can make whatever future they want to make. Right. Yeah. And that's good. Well, you said a bunch of words there that I want to, I want to pop <laughs> into is predictable, repeatable, sustainable. Yeah. Dude, that's systems right there. Right? You know, it's I talk systems. a lot about systems, but yeah. um, unpack a little bit about that. Let's just talk about some of the, the basics of marketing, right? So you've got attraction, you've got conversion, you've got referrals, any of those three, you've got, you've got systems and processes around those things to help attorneys think differently, right? 
Yeah. And so I think for most attorneys and professional services, people, even business owners, you want to maybe outsource your marketing. So you want to hire you, Michael, you want to hire a social media manager, you want to hire people that have expertise in certain areas. It doesn't mean you can't learn it. And like, I'm a sort of an expert on LinkedIn. I've been teaching it now for, I don't know, 16 years before most people were even on it or thought it was a thing. Right. And I continue to evolve and get better and continue to, to learn more and, and, and teach more. So there, there are some elements of marketing that are in my bailiwick, but mostly what I'm teaching is how do you build your own personal brand through networking? How do you build it through relationships? And that's what most lawyers are interested in. They're more, more interested in how do I get business from the golf club? How do I go to the local bar association? Or how do I join um, a board and get value from that? And I'm teaching them all these soft skills mm. that are, again, part of a process. So today, for example, I, I had a class this morning. They meet for 90 minutes every Tuesday morning. And I've got about 15 lawyers from around the country that, that are in this program, okay? And we talked about an acronym, TALENT. And what TALENT is, it's a way to identify who I want to spend more time with and develop as a strategic partner, meaning a referral partner, someone that can send me business. So you work with lawyers, I work with lawyers. Can we send each other business? Can you send me people that need business development? Can I send you people that need help with books and marketing and things like that? Sure. We need to vet that out. So how do we systematically evaluate that? I'll give you what talent stands for. Sure. So T stands for trust. Um, if I meet someone and I can just tell they're, un, they're not trustworthy, they commit to things and don't follow through. They commit to things and they lie. They, they're just not someone that, that I can really trust. That's a disqualifier. So talent is a way of qualifying someone in or disqualifying someone out. Hmm. So T is trust. Um, a is authority. If you're not an authority in what you do, Michael, if I refer you, could that reflect badly on me? Absolutely. Well, of course. So you want to qualify. Like I met with a guy who was a website. He was a website developer for lawyers. That's the way he, he positioned it for me. And I don't do that. I was like, perfect. We met for lunch. Sure enough, I asked him, so what firms have you worked with? He says, well, I can't share. That's all privileged and private information. I go, and I noticed there weren't any on your website. Can you give me any examples of work that you've done in legal? And the guy couldn't because he lied. Mm -hmm. He lied to me. He wasn't an authority in legal marketing. And that then denigrated the trust that we, that I thought we had. And also the likability. I thought this guy was very likable, but when I started challenging him, he started getting a little aggressive with me and, and not really playing nicely in the sandbox. Yeah. So the idea was we've got trust. We've got authority. We've got likability. Do you really want to refer people you don't like? Yeah, I don't think oh. so. Then you have network and is network do does the person you have a big network. I have a big network. Are we then good to work together because we know tons of people we can refer each other to. That's another qualifier. And I'm not saying that's the be all end all. If somebody doesn't have a network, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be nice. It doesn't mean you can't help them. And eventually they might be able to help you. But if you're looking for instant gratification or quick turnaround on, on a relationship, meeting someone that has a network is a big deal. And then of course, top player, you own your company. If you were a sales rep at your company and you'd been there for two months, are you the top player? T stands for top player. So okay. talent, I'd rather deal with the, the managing partner. I'd rather deal with the guy who's running the insurance company, not the insurance. And I'm not saying for those salespeople listening that you can't be a top player, but you got to work to get there because when you have your network, when you have your clients, when you have that, uh, you know, that carte blanche, then you have the opportunity to be a top player. And that's going to make you more networkable than someone who's just starting out. Right. 
So talent. So I missed one. So I got trust, authority, likability. What's the E? Network. No E? There is no E. Oh, because it's, it's an acronym that I've shortened down talent. So Go no E. <laughs> okay. No, I was looking. I'm like, am I, am I, I know it's easier you? if I, if I, if I print it off and show it to you, but T-A-L-N-T. Got it. Okay. No big that's deal. That's a shorter version. That'd be like on a license plate. You don't have to include the E. People that's can. Right, yeah. Phonetically. It it's talent. Yes. Phonetically. Okay. <laughs> Trust, authority, likability, network, and top player. I love yeah. that because that's so simple to remember. Yeah. And number one, that's not only what you're looking for in a, in a partner. That's what you need to be. Yes. You need, if you're not that, and you're looking for that, that's a misstep, right? Absolutely. So we have to be what we want to be as far as who we want to be with. And so you've got to get your networking acumen up with an understanding that you want to network with people that also have that networking acumen. And if not, we need to teach them, coach them, work with them so that we can help them get their networking acumen up. But this is just an example of the systems that I'm teaching lawyers. So they can meet with someone in an hour run a significant meeting, qualify someone in, qualify someone out, try to set up a next step. It's all these things that lawyers don't do. Many of them, just business professionals are what I call professional meters. They just go out and meet. And then this is how it ends almost every time. Great meeting you, Michael. Let's keep our eyes open for each other. And and as things come across our plates, then uh, we'll, we'll let each other know. And then that's the end of it. They never see that person again, never hear that person again. So that hour, two hour time frame that was just invested is kind of gone. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to stop is let's let's squeeze and get value out of people that we can help and that can help us. If it's short term, great, let's do that. If it's long term, let's keep going with next steps and get yeah. those things scheduled. So these there's all these things that lawyers, again, just don't don't really know. And uh, be, just business people in general. I mean, before I worked with lawyers, I worked in over 50 industries. So there isn't so much that I, you know, that I haven't, I mean, from a local carpet cleaner to, uh, you know, Canon, you know, and everything in between, they all need the same skills. Well, and, that, and that's so important. And, and I want people to hear that is because what you have the, the unique ability to do is look over a bunch of industries, see what happened when you worked with a carpet cleaner to go, how does that apply to an attorney, right? Because yeah. there are ways to do that. And um, so many times I see and you've got a group of 15 attorneys. That's great. Peer groups are wonderful. At the same time, it's important to stick our heads up and look at other industries and see what's working over there and try to cross apply it to say, I may need to make some tweaks, but it certainly can work. Yeah. And again, I, I, I have peer advisory groups. I run five of lawyers that get together with lawyers. Many of them are my alumni. And we work every single month together on you know, things that slip through the cracks, you know, questions they have about marketing, business development. I bring in great speakers. Like I make sure that they've got that. And I think lawyers are a unique breed. They actually like to learn from other lawyers, maybe more so than from other industries, but it doesn't hurt to, to learn from other business owners, from, from CPAs, from people that are doing something. If something, somebody's doing something right, and you're observing that or hear about it, you want to find out what it is because it could be something that could work for you. Well, yeah, especially when they're in the same kind of professional world. So an attorney, a a CPA, maybe a high-level wealth manager, those are all very similar industries. Yeah. And and so the way you would network, the talent, you're very similar, but somebody might be doing something a little bit different to go, wow, I never never really thought of it that way. How would I, hmm. That's really, that's really good. What, what, so, so we talked about that. That's really attraction, really, as I think about it, you know, the, the talent aspect, building a referral network partner. 
let's, let's talk about working with clients. When, when you're pre, what I call preconditioning a client or a prospect, maybe even before that first meeting, setting up the agenda for that meeting when you're there. Talk just a little bit about how important that is to set the right expectations to make sure your meeting with the prospect is actually profitable for both sides. I'm going to give you a, a, a story analogy that I think will really resonate with you and, and the people listening. And so I want you to, I don't know what your favorite meal is of the year. Uh, do you have a favorite meal? Oh, you Easter, mean like Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Or so? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a great <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Breakfast. All right. Yeah. Who makes, who may, if you have a big breakfast, who makes that? It's me. It's, it's Sunday morning with me and my girls. We usually have uh, uh, eggs of some nature and and some bacon or something. All right. We're going to try something different. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have all, how many girls you have? Two. All right. Two girls. And they've got, and they've got two friends and they slept over and you're making breakfast for the whole, the whole gang. Okay. And instead of having the, 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 the plates and the forks and the napkins and the cups and everything laid on the table. There's nothing on the table. They're all sitting around. It's a bare table. You take the pancakes and you flip them like Frisbees onto the table. You take the bacon, throw it on top. You take some gravy and lay it down with some, you know, with all that. It's a pile of food sitting in front of these girls and you go enjoy. And they're looking at you like you just lost your mind. Okay. Because it's a big pile of mess. All right. That's the way most people are set up for networking meetings, for for prospect meetings, for any kind of meeting you're going to have. You don't know what you're walking into. They don't know what they're walking into. It's just a big pile of mess. And it's not what's going to be an orderly. I mean, who's going to grab what and when? We want to know all that. So when I talk about agenda setting and game plan setting, it's really about how do we set the table for a meeting that can be successful? What are you trying to get out of it? And how do we get buy-in from the other party so that we can have the best possible meeting? Now, I'm not the first person in the world to come up with the idea of setting agendas, right? That's been done for years. You've heard about it. I've heard about it. But what I try to do is I try to give unique steps and language to my clients that, that accomplishes how do I have the best possible meeting in the least amount of time with the next step? Okay. Mm -hmm. How do I disqualify someone out or, or qualify someone in? And if my agenda does all that and I can get people nodding and buying in to what I'm saying and making it a collaborative or cooperative process, that's going to be better for everybody. Everybody can win. So I don't know if Michael, if you're open to it, but I can set an agenda with you for a prospecting type meeting and the people listening can say, wow, either they either hate it, they like it or somewhere in between. But if you'll role play with me, I think that would be a really good takeaway for the people listening. I think that'd be fun. Okay, It'd be yeah, fun let's too. Let's do it. All right. So you are interested in hiring me. We, you heard about me through someone and you say, hey, here's a guy who can help me grow my business through business development coaching. That's the, that's the reason we're meeting. And right. I know that you've got a couple of, you emailed me a couple of reasons why you think uh, we should meet. And I agreed to it. Okay. So we get together and we build a little rapport. Um, basically, I just want to connect with you on the girls. I want to connect with you on your, um, you know, your beliefs and, 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 and your upcoming uh, engagement in the Dominican or whatever it might be. Okay. I want to get you talking. I want to hear about what you've got going on. Where can we find some common ground? Okay. That's happened. Now, five or 10 minutes have passed and I know we've only got an hour, so I want to get down to business. So I would say, you know, Michael, um, we could probably talk about, you know, uh, you know, your, your work with the church, you know, for, for hours, but I think, you know, you had requested to speak with me about, about a possible engagement. I wanted to, to just, if it's okay with you set a brief game plan for our, our time together. Is that okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Steve. Okay, wonderful. So as I mentioned, we have about we have about 50 minutes of our hour left. 
from my perspective, it was the purpose of us meeting was really just to understand if there's a fit, get to know each other better. And in order to do that, what I was really hoping to do, Michael, was spend some time asking you some questions, learning about your business in more detail and what you're trying to accomplish and maybe kind of where your aches and pains are around business development. I do tend to ask some tough questions. Is that going to be okay for you? Sure. Yeah. I'm an open book, man. Let's go. Great. And I'm happy to, of course, answer any questions you have. Um, Was there anything specific you wanted to make sure you got out of our time together today other than what, what I had mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I just really want to understand the process of, of how, you know, if this, how do you work with people? How would we work together? What would that look like? If we can make sure that that gets in there somewhere, that'd be awesome. Yeah, probably closer to the end of the meeting. Once I understand what you've got a need okay. for and what kind of where you're going, then sure. at the end, I'll, I'm happy to kind of cover what I do and see, again, if that's a fit. And what we can figure out is if it is a fit, then we can talk about specific next steps and move this forward in a positive direction together. Yeah. On the other side, if we find, Michael, that it isn't a fit, I would like us to be honest with each other. If I didn't feel like what I do would help you, I would tell you. And if you don't feel I'm a good fit, you could be very honest with me. Are you open to that kind of, of kind Mm. of like a real kind of just real talk? Sure. No, I think that'd be refreshing. Sure. All right. Great. And scene. Okay. So what did we just accomplish in about two minutes? Okay. First of all, you agreed with me on every point that I had. Okay. Which most people will. Number two is, we agreed about a fit. We agreed that you'd be answering questions. Okay. And we agreed that there'd be a next step if possible. And if there isn't a reason, then we would call it a day. What are we really trying to do here? It's not about me. This meeting is not about me. You might think it's about me. It's not. This meeting's about you, your problems, your challenges, and my understanding of those and how they would relate to me. If you told me that all your challenges relate to marketing leads and website leads, I would stop you dead in your tracks and say, look, based on even just 15 minutes talking with you, Michael, I don't think this is a fit. Yeah. Let me see if I can help you and refer you to some people that do what you're needing. Cause right. it's not business development. Ultimately it's marketing. Right. So we've agreed on the fit. We've agreed on a next step. If there's a next step, let's talk about it. And if not, let's be honest with each other. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we just want? I know we don't want to hear the word. No, that's a scary word. This is an opportunity. We don't want I'd rather hear a no early on and save all that time yes. than have you say, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll get back to you. Let me check, which is all a way of saying, no, you just don't want to be straight with me. That's right. right? And that's, that's right. what we're really getting to. And people don't understand the power of knowing what's going on versus hoping and wondering what's going on. And that's really what makes business development predictable as we go through a process. Dude, that's so cool because isn't that what most people hate about selling and the sales process is the continual follow-up, follow-up, yeah. follow-up, yeah. follow-up because we don't have that agenda set to go, it's it's deal or no deal at the end. Let's If we're not going to move it forward, let's just call it a no deal and I'm done because yeah. I don't want to spend my time chasing you. That's not what an expert right. does. And I gave you permission to say no, sure. which then took away in my mind and hopefully in your mind and the people listening what I call the salesman's hook, the hook of, I've got to convince you. I don't want to take no for an answer. I'm going to chase you. I'm going to hit you. I'm, that's my old style. My old style was don't, I mean, I learned that from managers for years in the nineties. This is all nineties <laughs> sales in the nineties, right. right? Totally different story. It was don't take no for an answer. You could hear no four or five times and still stay on top of it and get the business, which right. is insane. Yes. If somebody tells you no once or twice these days, and you don't take it as a, as the, the, the law, yeah. man, you're going to, you're going to burn a bridge real fast. Yes. Okay. That's right. So we're trying to get people out of pitching, convincing and selling 
and into things like listening, learning, empathy, understanding, and identifying fit. That's the new, and that my first book, by the way, is called Sales Free Selling for that very reason. We don't want to use old school tactics. We want to go with what's relevant today. And it's all about the prospect and their needs and how that fits with us. And that doesn't happen in the traditional model of a pitch meeting or a sell, a selling meeting. That's right. No, that, then that is so good because it just lowers all the barriers. It's a conversation. And at the end of the day, and what we find many times is when you do it this way, the, I mean, the, the price is always like hidden somewhere, right? That, that's what yeah. they're always at the end of the day. Okay, well, how much is it? This is great, see, but how can I afford you? And then you have to have that discussion and find ways to help. And what, what, what kind of counsel do you have around that? Because that, that's always the, the elephant in the room, right? Right. But let's take that one step further too. What, why would someone pay your big fee, my big fee, a lawyer's big fee, any big fee? It all comes down to value. And it comes down to if I'm handing you 10,000 and you're handing me back a hundred, well, I like that deal. Yeah. But 10,000 sounds like a lot of money until I realize I can get a hundred thousand back. Then it's not so much money. Yeah. So it's really about when you're doing, remember I mentioned in, about asking you questions and tough questions and all that. What I'm really trying to do is understand that let's say I identify in our meeting. Now we're in the, the thick of the meeting that you're only closing two out of 10 people that you would get in front of when you really should be closing seven out of 10. Well, that's five. Um, let's say it's a month, five difference a month. Well, five, let's say five times 10,000 a deal, that's $50,000 a month or $600,000 a year. If my fee is 10 or 20 grand, but you're getting $600,000 more in business because you're learning what I can teach you and you're executing on it. Are you really missing my 20 grand? Are you really missing my 10 grand? I don't think so. That's right. Right. Yeah. And it, so it, that's and the it, understanding that has to happen. Right. And that's part of the selling process of framing that through the conversation so that at, by, by the time it gets to the price, they already understand the value. And you know, one of my favorite closing lines, Steve, is, all right, Steve, what would you like to do? Because yeah, by that next? time, you've yeah. already figured out that either this is a good fit and, and probably a really good thing for me to do, or it's not. And if you um, did a good job with the meeting, the answer is, I want to get started. Yeah. What does it cost? Let's work it out. If, if it's, if it's, what do you want to do next is, well, you know, I, I need to, you know, give it, give it a month to think about blah, blah, blah. Well, then, you know, you didn't do right. Uh, or have a good process or have a, uh, you did not collect information on the pain, the problems, the fears, the, that's what the meeting's about. That's right. It's not about my deliverable. It's about, did I do a good job of understanding the problems and how deep that rabbit hole goes? And if you can get in someone into an emotional space around their problems and it involves ROI or potential ROI, you've got a client. Yeah, absolutely. It's when you skip all those steps and go right to, here's what I do and here's why you should get it and I'm better than everybody. That's yeah. what's not working so well these days. That's right, yeah. I'm an estate planning attorney. I charge $375 an hour. When would you like to start? It's like, uh, not. Yeah, right? but no, no, no. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, that sounds great. Um, give me a couple of weeks and I'll, I'll, I'll get back. You're and so right. It's not going to happen. As soon yeah. as they hear an estate plan is, whether it's 375 an hour, five grand, yeah. if you don't have a good process of locking that up. And I talk to estate planners that say, oh, I, I close every deal. And then I find out they're charging too little. Yeah, you're going to close everything if you're charging 60% of what you should. Right. One of the first things I do with estate, plan, estate planners is find out, yeah, they're charging way too, way too little. Right. And when they charge more for like what their value is, They've got to have a better process of how they're walking someone through a buying decision. Yeah. 
Boy, we could go on for yeah, hours. Yeah, we could. Man, this is good <laughs> stuff. I love the role play. I love the agenda setting because that in and of itself will radically change how you go about business development. And I love how you you, you separated that from marketing, right? Yeah. And yeah, there's so much here, Steve. Um, let's talk a little bit about where people can find out more information about you, get copies of your books, because your books are great whether you're an attorney or not. doesn't matter the content. What you just shared here applies to everybody. How do people get in touch with you or find out more about you, your books, things of that nature? I mean, certainly the easiest way is go to go to my website, fretzin.com. It's F is in Frank, R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have so much content. YouTube, I've got my podcast, Be That Lawyer. I've got my books are all on Amazon. My latest book, Legal Business Development is in Rocket Science, made international bestseller status. Thanks to an expert helping me with that. And at the end of the day, um, my goal is, yes, I'm going to take on X number of clients a year, but my real goal is to help the legal industry or just the professional services space to learn things and improve things and make their lives better. Whether someone hires me or not, that's, that's secondary to, can I help you with video, audio, reading, to get some new skills that are going to help advance your career. That's ultimately my legacy down the road. That's awesome. All right. So fretzen.com. It's going to be in the show notes, F-R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. You can learn all about uh, Steve there and in, in what all he does. Talk, look, look at this. Um, go back and listen to this on this <laughs> talent acronym. I think that's so good. But then the sales process, there's so many nuggets here. So thank you again for for being here and yeah. hopefully we can do it again because you got uh, you and i just we connect on so many levels but it's it's really good to just to, it's refreshing somebody who has passion understanding background can really have the heart to help you so thank you yeah I, I appreciate it michael thank you thanks for listening to expert speak with michael delon if what you've heard today was helpful to you reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.